With me today, I have two excellent photographers who make it look, well, easy, but I am sure it is not as easy as they make it look. So I'm really interested to hear how they got here, secrets they're willing to share, how they tell their story through photography and any tips and tricks. So I am very happy to introduce to you Renee Kemps and Issy Croker, and I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Izzy Croker. I am a food and travel photographer, mainly. I sort of fall under the bracket of lifestyle, which is quite a broad term. But yeah, would say within that, I definitely, um, my sort of bread and butter, so to speak, is food and travel. Thank you. Renee? Hi, uh, my name is Renee Kemps. I am a um, architecture, interior and travel photographer, mostly doing interiors and design at the moment. Yeah, I started out with food photography, but I slowly moved more towards interior, especially when moving to Scandinavia. Um, and that's been what I've been doing now. That's fantastic. All of your pictures, both of you, just make our mouths water and our dreams come alive. So it's so brilliant to be able to speak to you and hear about your journeys and your tips and tricks. Renee, what was your first photography job? My first real photography job was for a hotel in Japan. Before that, I was already experimenting with photography and I was doing a few like shoots for friends or for people I knew whilst studying um, and after I graduated I decided to give my freelance career a go and really experiment so I moved to Tokyo for a few months to to try and do um, photography there and then my first real job was shooting interiors and food for a hotel. Wonderful did you receive advice on building your portfolio when you started or what do you wish you'd known in your early days as a photographer? I didn't really receive any advice. I come from a family and also a network where there's not really anyone working in the creative industry. Um, so it was mostly just me playing around for, I would say, almost a couple of years while studying and really just experimenting um, based on the feedback that I got from the pictures. I would either do something else or continue. And then I was just teaching myself and growing into, into more my specific personal style. Um, what I do wish that I had known was maybe more how to push yourself or who, who should you contact or who should you ask for advice or who can teach you something because I think I just felt quite lost as in who else is doing what I'm doing and who can help me to at least know more how I can develop into the photographer that I want to be. Yeah, absolutely. I guess, you know, being a photographer is such a dream for so many, but how to even navigate that journey and get yourself out there must be tremendously difficult. Issy, what about you? What, how did you start? What was your first job and, and that journey till now? My first job was a lot less glamorous. I actually started out as a nightclub photographer in Bristol where I was at uni. Um, I was studying English and it just was, I mean... I'd like to say it was more than just being able to get paid to go out with my friends, but really, you know, that's kind of how it started. And I also assisted a wedding photographer. So sort of for the first part, I was, you know, not so specifically, I think food was always what I wanted to go into. But whilst I was studying English, I wasn't sure how to sort of do photography and my degree at the same time. So um, that was my first sort of paid photography work um but then probably my first sort of 
uh, photography job within kind of food was was when I was uh, assisting in New York for three months. And I just got in touch with some sort of small businesses when I was out there. I actually lived above a bakery in Brooklyn and I got in touch with them and um, they sort of gave me a big stash of their baked goods and I took it to the studio where I was assisting. And that was sort of probably my first food photography job. I quite like looking back and sort of being able to tell sort of assistants and people that I work with, you know, that you don't have to necessarily start exactly where you want to end up. You know, the the journey into photography is quite varied and long and you can come in at, in sort of many different routes. Um, so, yeah, I quite I find it quite funny that I started, you know, shooting in Bunker on Mondays in Bristol. I just want to say I, I totally agree with Izzy. It's it's you start somewhere because you have uh, an interest in it or you want to experience something and then you have maybe like a certain amount of knowledge about what you're even doing or what you want to achieve or grow into. But then along the way you you really challenge yourself and you discover more and more. And then I think along the way, like you say, Izzy, like the journey is more how you grow into the photographer that you are today. That's really interesting. So, you know, not settling on it at first, this is what I want to shoot and that's what I'm going to do. But you find your personality along the way as well, which is fantastic. For me, every picture has to tell a story. Um, and I'm sure you'll agree with that. If it's a room, if it's a hotel, or some food, people. How do you approach this and how do you tell that story? Renee. I feel like it goes quite naturally. Like when I look at what is mostly rooms or spaces or design objects these days is um, you just look at it and already see how it plays with the light or the textures or the the story that the client wants to tell because of why they have made it or why they want to show it in a specific setting. And then that guides you almost naturally to stepping back and saying, all right, how can we frame this and how can we show it in that way that truly tells the story not only from my point of view but from the client but also for the potential uh buyer basically um so i feel like that goes it goes back to maybe more the basics like it's really about everything that surrounds it and how it comes together in that specific moment i think that was really well put and i agree with that and i think sort of when it comes to food photography a lot of the story is about why are you shooting this recipe? You know, when you shoot a cookbook, you somebody has written, you know, a hundred recipes and they all probably have a small story attached to them. And the nice thing about food photography specifically um, is that, you know, you can tell these stories through the images. And often I think it's actually the spaces around the dish itself so it's the prep of the you know the meal it's the beautiful ingredients it's the like Renee said it's the light and the textures and the tones and then it's you know the plate at the end of the meal that's sort of all the delicious oil and salt and pepper and the torn bit of bread you know sometimes those are the more interesting parts of the story than you know the actual finished dish itself but I think that sort of the approach and asking yourself how is, as Renee said, it's quite a natural thing. And it's just about, you know, 
having the time to kind of set aside in your shoot to be able to have the freedom to sort of try out a few things as you go. You know, if you're working to a really tight shoot list on a um, on a shoot, you're limited. You know, you might only have 15 or 20 minutes for a shot. Whereas if you've sort of allowed for a bit more space and a bit more time, you get to play around and kind of find the story um, naturally rather than sort of feeling like it's um, forced. That's really helpful. Um, and there must be so many factors when you're deciding what actually makes a good picture. I mean, when I see all of your pictures, they're all good for both of you. But it, what's the most important thing to remember or what makes your picture stand out? I think with what makes a good photo, there are certain elements that we just mentioned. So there's obviously light, there's composition, there's tone, there's colour. And you can get really technical about all of these things. You know, there are books and books on all elements of photography. And some people are particularly interested in the technicalities. Um, but I think it's it comes from what you like from photography. You know, I feel like I'm particularly drawn to light in photographs. It's such a key part of photography. So I think for me, it's kind of just working out you know, how the light is going to be best in the image and whether that's natural light or it's artificial. But I just think that usually the images that I'm drawn to, it's ones where the light is particularly interesting. I feel like that is something that's very present in both of our works. Um, we're both very much drawn to to almost like a very natural light that plays with whatever we're, we're shooting, whatever we're showing. Um, it's all about that it enhances it and makes it makes it look in a, a in a specific way in that specific moment where you you just play around with it and and document it in that maybe almost unique way as you see it at that moment. Um, which is which is why we're so drawn drawn to it, like the the light and the materials and the textures and color. I think that as well, you know, and again, I think it's similar in Renee and my work is that it's tone and texture, and it's. I think we're both drawn to quite soft sort of neutral palettes because we are really drawn to sort of, I think, natural like beauty. So that's why I know in Renee's work in the sort of interiors and she shoots a lot in Puglia and it's all that is beautiful and in Morocco and it's that kind of like plaster and it's concrete and it's, you know, linens and it's all these kind of natural materials that work with the light to sort of create actually a very calming experience. And I think that... That's also what I'm often looking for in food photography. And I'm drawn to images that maybe have a sense of calm about them. And I think that light really plays into that and uh, has such an impact on that. Yeah, really is the, I would say it's really the essential, like almost the, the key thing in our works. Hmm. So I imagine time of day must be a really essential part of, the shoot I'd love to know what you think about that if you know with light being such an important factor and any other things that you think are important to think about or that you think about before any shoot time of day is is indeed especially when shooting uh, exteriors like architecture but also interior it's one of the most important things and I always plan around it 
the key moments are sunrise and sunset and um it's all about that soft light so you want to be you want to be there basically before the sun rises so that you can play with like the different shades of of light when when once the sun starts to rise um and you have maybe an hour i think where the light is beautiful and soft and it, it plays with like as you just said like it plays with the tone and with the texture and it changes it as you go along and you shoot and you get all these beautiful different pictures just by like working with the light that there is um and it's the same for sunset and then in between you have a much more steady setup basically that you can work with but i think the prime moments and also that i feel so drawn to are those maybe very short um almost um you don't have any control over them like you can work with it and try to capture that one really really good image but it will also be gone so quickly and you really have to almost into how do you say it in tin in with your um intuiti how do you say how do you say this in english based on your feeling you go for it like it, you really let yourself be um uh guided by that trust your instinct perhaps yes yeah with light and travel photography it's exactly what renee said you know you're you really have to be up sort of at 4 30 you know in on a summer's day like before the sun is even kind of coming up so that you can prepare because that moment that you get with the sunrise is very fleeting um and it and it is difficult in you know if you're shooting in India in the summer and and you're out at midday you know it's very difficult to control uh your camera when you're sort of going in and out of patches of very bright sunlight and shadows you know you've got from a technical point of view a lot going on there you know you've got to expose your images correctly um often when it comes to travel photography when you're in a less static setup you you know, you have to react pretty quickly. And if you're shooting more reportage and there's sort of someone on the side of the road who you really think, you know, the composition is beautiful. If you're not sort of quick enough, um, that moment is gone. And you have to react to the light in those moments and completely control your camera. So it's a different sort of experience when you're trying to work the light to your advantage and you're in the middle of the day when you've got that sort of early morning glow and the sunset it's fleeting but it's slightly in a different way slightly less stressful in terms of your exposure um whereas kind of when you're on the go in the middle of the day it can be a bit it can be a bit worrying because you sort of look back on those images a bit later and you're like oh did i did i quite get that um but i guess it keeps you on your toes um, and then when it comes to food photography, you tend to be a bit more static, you know, you're sort of in a studio or on a location house. And then it's sort of the same. It's like you're just setting up in different spaces that, you know, where the light sort of uh, plays on the food and the setup in, in the best possible way. Um, something like shooting drinks with harsh sunlight coming through the window can be really striking and beautiful because the light comes through the glasses whereas if you're shooting something like a I don't know a roast dinner you don't necessarily want it to be 
blasted with sunlight and shadows because it's not going to be the most flattering thing for the food. So it's really just about, you know, understanding what light flatters and what it and what it doesn't. So thinking about timing and your setting and you know where you're going to move and all of that is really important what about styling um backgrounds props and the use of all of that I really rely on stylists that I work with for that you know I work with amazing stylists I have a studio with two and we you know every brief that comes in you know the foods the prop stylist goes to the prop houses takes the brief that you've been given props and then they get delivered, you know, the day of the shoot. We got a whole vision for the shoot before, you know, we've even stepped onto the set. And then, you know, we work with food stylists who it's their job to make the food look amazing. But yeah, all those um, sort of beautiful food images that you see, it's it's all, you know, a team have come together to put that those together. And from architecture and, and buildings, Rennie, how does that how does that play a part? When I shoot campaigns for commercial clients, it is all like Izzy just said, like very planned out. This is like probably months in advance. You have stylists, you have art directors, you have teams who are getting all the props together, make sure that all the locations are scouted, that you have the setups, the angles, that you know what you're going to work with. However, if I'm shooting personal projects or maybe um, for private clients, it is much more... I, I was thinking about this. I wanted to say it's almost as if you're not thinking about the, the props or the setup of, or the backgrounds at all. However, I think I do because I tend to completely strip um, the places that I go to to really go down to the core and show only um, basically the beauty of the simplicity of it and really uh, focus on, for instance, like the walls or the details of the materials used or the texture of the building or the lines or the light, how the sunlight hits the walls and creates this beautiful line. So I think with architecture and travel and interior, I try to really focus on on basically the core concept or the core building or the core angle uh, lines and then work around there. So it's it's much less preparations concerning props or backgrounds or anything like that. But there are so many other things to take into account. So it's, it seems just as complicated. I want to ask about camera equipment. Uh, what for both of you is essential? What do you take? What is essential when you're abroad? How does that all work? Well, my setup when I'm sort of shooting in a studio is very different to when I'm on the road. Sort of essential camera kit for me is obviously my camera. And then I have about four lenses that I uh, rotate between. But if I had to sort of just take one, I, I shoot mainly with a 50 mil. When you go traveling, that's kind of, I really scale down my kit. You know, I just take... Um, a variety of lenses that can cover sort of all the situations that I might be in because when I am sent on travel assignments you know I need to shoot landscapes portraits interiors food you know and I those aren't all you know I'm not I would never say that I was a landscape photographer but you need to set yourself up to be able to take the best landscape shots that you can so 
you wouldn't shoot a landscape image with the same lens that you would uh, do a portrait with. So just kind of covering all your bases in terms of lenses. And then it's really just, it's it's not very exciting, but it's, it's hard drives, it's batteries. Um, and then it's your laptop and just having the software on your laptop to sort of edit as you go. And uh, that's, that's it really. I think it was the same for me a couple of years ago, but over the past maybe two two and a half years it has gotten a little bit more difficult with equipment because I feel like I need to bring more and more to really um, get the images that I that I want to shoot like of course when traveling on your own and doing small projects or personal projects it is impossible to take all of it with you and you scale down like Izzy said like you want to have a good body and you want to have a few lenses that you can use for basically an all-around setup and shoot all the things that you want to shoot on location. But when you're going for like a big project or a commercial project, you just need to bring um, multiple kits and uh, lights and setups. And sometimes we do film, sometimes it's both film and photography. So it's just, it keeps getting more and more and it's very dif difficult with um, when traveling. But I think um, also the more... Uh, commercial the job is the more it's possible to also take care of all these these things that come with baggage restrictions you mentioned apps and software and editing what apps do you find the most beneficial i think we i think we do the same i think we both shoot um using capture capture one um that's basically a live program that you can use so that your client can look uh with you to the images because they come directly into the computer um, and when editing, I use Photoshop. I don't know if Izzy uses that as well. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what I use. It's definitely a very efficient setup. And I think being able to shoot on Capture One, as Renee said, with the client being able to watch what you're shooting is is really essential. But then, I mean, for me, when I'm on these travel assignments and I don't have a client and I'm sort of on the road, and it's more of a kind of on the go, you know, that's just, I don't even, I wouldn't even try and be connected to my computer then, you know, in that those situations, I'll just be shooting on card. And then at the end of the day, or whenever it is that I back up, that's when I have to sort of go through the bulk of the images that have been shot on the go. Yeah, I have the same. I also, I, I think I really like that way of shooting as well, because you get carried away with just being in that moment of shooting and moving from one to another uh, point that you want to shoot and you feel very much more in the moment, I think, of of being there when you're traveling and seeing the country or the place or the people or anything that you're trying to document. And then at the end of the day, you go back and you review and you see what you've actually documented. But I I must say, like, I, I really love it because it's so much more more exciting, I think, because you you do, of course, know what you're shooting and you can see it on your camera. But it is a very freeing and uh, beautiful way of actually looking at objects around you. Yeah. And I think it takes you back maybe to how you used to shoot when you sort of first got a camera. I mean, I don't know about you, Renee, but I remember my experience of my first camera that I had and I, you know, took it everywhere with me and, you know, I take pictures of cracks in the wall and, you know, really bad graffiti around Brick Lane, you know, and you're just sort of obsessed with capturing pictures and, and a quantity of them. And then sort of the more you go down 
into these like commercial shoots that we're talking about. It's it's much more focused on sort of scaling it down and it's about perfect images and a small quantity. And so when you go back to that very free way of shooting, it sort of reignites the passion in me. And it reminds me sort of of that feeling I had when I was younger and I just wanted to take pictures of everything. And yeah, it's a very, very exciting way of traveling. And it's quite nice also to know that you don't have to shoot every picture that you shoot doesn't have to be a picture that's going to be print worthy or, you know, run in a magazine. It's quite nice to just shoot things that impulsively you think are beautiful in that moment. I agree. It definitely gives me so much, um, almost so much more excitement to just run around with your camera. And yeah, it just, it gives you almost like a boost of energy and uh indeed like you said easy like it takes you back and it's just you and your camera running around taking pictures and it's also it's it's not that you have any client watching over your shoulder if if the shot is good or not because that's a very different way of working of course um so it's beautiful to sometimes just travel and take with you your camera and and be in that moment and then afterwards go back to what you want to do with the pictures Talking about travel and taking your camera with you, do you think your camera is an essential tool to seeing the world? No. Do you think so, Izzy? I think my camera has opened a lot of doors. I've met a lot of people through shooting, you know, being out and about, starting to chat to people. I've seen so much of the world because of my because of my camera and my job but but that that isn't that isn't that it's well I, I to me that feels like something else like I totally agree with what you're saying but it's not that it's not that my camera is the essential tool to seeing the world I know what you mean I think it's it's opened a lot of doors is maybe what I mean but I think if you said to me tomorrow that you know I I could never take my camera traveling again. You know, it's tra traveling is the bit, the exciting bit. And the fact that you get to take pictures whilst you're there is an amazing part of the job. But I know what you mean. It's not, you know, I, I wouldn't. I would say like with your camera, you can take a picture of a specific moment in a specific setup that really, really does something with you. And the picture and your camera is something that can take you back to that moment, which is beautiful, but it's not, It's not an it's not my essential tool because I think I can really, really appreciate what I see in the moment, in person, without any equipment with me. Mm. Actually, it's interesting because when I go when I whenever I go anywhere and I'm not on an assignment, I I have a small sort of travel camera that I always take with the best intentions that I'm gonna capture things when I'm out and about and I never pick it up when I'm not on a travel job assignment. It's like I sort of think I put it to one side because I do just want that pure escapism and I don't want to feel linked to my job when I'm away if I'm not having, if I haven't been. I feel like that is so far removed from how I would walk around with my work camera or like my normal equipment so I do feel like 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 you say Izzy like you you do feel drawn to having something with you to document it because we are constantly looking around us and we're uh, we're we're traveling to places where 
it's so beautiful and we would love to just document it all the time but it's also that we we shouldn't because I think you have the same as I like it's so easy to constantly work and it's so easy to constantly think that we need to document it because it could be interesting for a specific client and I think it's really nice to also say you're there with either friends or family or by yourself and you can also appreciate it or do something else or enjoy it in a different way instead of constantly seeing the world through the lens. From all your travels, is there one place that you found particularly boasts the most diverse photo opportunities or perhaps there's somewhere on your wish list that you can't wait to shoot or people's places, things, anything like that? Oh, that's such a difficult question. I have no idea. Uh, I I agree. I mean, I was thinking about this and I thought I thought about India because the landscape's amazing. The people are amazing. There's so much color. It's so sort of, it's like an assault on the senses. But then the minute I started thinking about India, I then thought about how much I love the light in California. You know, I love the tones in Greece. I love all the white and the blue and the like vast expanse of the sea when, you know, you're on the islands. I just can't, I can't choose on my list where I'd really, you know, I'd really love to go to South America. I think there would be some amazing, you know, photo opportunities there. But yeah, I can't pick a favorite. It's too hard. I also think it's much more, for me personally, it's much more about who I was with or why I was there. Because I think that really, really influences my 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 photos. Even if people are just there with me to either assist me or to uh, accompany me or to help me around uh, there I feel like the way I take these images and also how I look back on these photo opportunities are completely changed by that but it's just so difficult to pick like one or a few and like Izzy says like you remember specific trips where it was so beautiful and you just couldn't stop taking pictures and you can go back you would want to go back over and over again but then also there's like other shoes that had the same feeling or there's things on your list that could potentially be exactly the same like South America sounds dreamy I would I would I think is and I we, we, we should go there and do like a massive photography project you just tell me when I'm there <laughs> from your existing pictures do you have a favorite photo something that you've taken or even the story behind it every trip I come back from I think is sort of my favorite trip and I um you know, it's, I find it hard to actually sort of detach myself from the photos that I've taken. You know, I think it's almost easier to say, you know, the favorite photo of, you know, Renee, you know, over like mine. But I do have this one that I took um, at sunrise in India. And I'd been camping in the desert and uh, it was the camel drivers and they were sort of making us chai in the morning and they're sitting on these uh, cool boxes and there's just something about it I've just had it on my wall for sort of six years or however long it's been since I took it and I think it's more just tied up with the experience and that particular you know night of sleeping in the desert over the fact that I think it's a particularly beautiful image um I do love the colors in it. You know, it's very soft and sunrisey and and it's beautiful in that sense, but you know, I think 
it's hard to, to sort of pick a favorite photo. I remember that picture. That one is definitely so beautiful. Yeah, I do. Um, I do look at it every morning when I wake up. So maybe it's just that it's, you know, burned into my eyes. No, but I also think it's beautiful to keep, like, like you say, like you've taken this one quite a long time ago, like to keep coming back to this image because it does something to you. And I think that is, that's, that's what it's all about. Like the story that picture tells and what it makes you feel. And I think that's, that's amazing. Yeah, it definitely, definitely takes me back. And I guess that's the, that's the beauty of it. And, you know, I, I, one of my resolutions every new year is to print more from the trips that I've been on because I think oh it's such a you know I wonder whether it's a waste to not have um have them printed out and I I think obviously we're used to a lot of our images existing on phones and screens um and when I you know go back to my parents and flip through all their old photo albums it definitely makes me think you know these pictures should live on you know paper um do you print yours Renee? I do. I'm currently working on a book book project, so that will be more works printed. But I haven't, to be honest, I haven't really printed much either because it's work that is more client-based or it's personal projects that I'm either saving for something or I'm not sure about where and how I would want to have it printed because I feel like I would want, like I'm quite a perfectionist and and when I want my works printed I do care a lot about like the paper and the colors and where it's printed and who's been helping me with it um so there's like it, it, it I feel like it's it's not like the easiest thing for me to do to just print my work do you have a favorite picture Renee I find this a super difficult question because I'm not sure if if I should say the one where I feel like my work is best or the one where I feel most connected to, they're equally beautiful and, and mean a lot to me, but I have a hard time explaining it to others as in like, if I have to pick one favorite. That's really, that's really important to consider. It's either the, the work where you think is the best or the one that moves you in some way or takes you back somewhere. I think that's a lovely thing and the beautiful power of photos if I find one picture uh my most beautiful one that doesn't need it doesn't need to be the same for someone else of course so it's I find it yeah I find it quite hard I would love to say like oh this is my favorite picture of Izzy's and and I love it so much because of this and this but if I have to do it from my own work that's that's just quite a struggle I love these pictures that Renee took of her sister. And I, I don't know if it was just a personal project, but do you know the ones I mean, Renee? And it's Margot and she's, you know, it's like a very cold morning and she's sort of got the like sand on her arms. It's like she's been swimming and her hair's wet. Yeah. And they're just so beautiful and evocative and sort of like natural and wild. And I just something about them just really, really, I, I do love. Well, thank you. Before we finish soon, I want to ask your opinion about social media. Partly it's made everyone into a travel photographer, so the the good and the bad, and also how you may find it advantageous, whether it's good for showcasing your work or reaching a bigger audience. Um, What are your thoughts on social? I think think it was, at least, an amazing tool. That's, Izzy, wasn't that how we met? via Instagram so I think it's it's an amazing tool to 
connect with people and reach out to people and have people reach out to you because basically back in the days at least um instagram was a platform where you were able to find people and their work or, or their stories or their images that you found either beautiful or inspiring or you wanted to save it because you wanted to do the same in the future and it was so easy to connect with these people and to even ask them questions or reach out or become friends or say like hey what is it i did was like hey uh we love each other's work um we're in the same place um i was living in copenhagen back then and izzy was there for an assignment and we said like why won't we why sh- why don't we go for a glass of wine and let's have a nice chat and i love that i love how how you connect with people and you instantly feel like you can talk about the same things and you have you followed along and, and you kind of like know what the person does but of course you haven't met them but you instantly feel um yeah connected to this person and you can share so many different things and it just um it's pretty cool that that is actually possible or was possible because I do feel like Instagram has changed so much. And right now it is, it's still, it's, it's still possible to connect with people and to reach out, but it has grown into like a big money-making uh, app where it's much more about selling things instead of sharing your passion or your experience or um, finding people who like the same things as you do. I agree. I think it still can be really useful and sort of from a travel photography um, point of view, it can definitely help if you're sort of going on an assignment and you sort of need, it it can help you find people there who can give you tips on like where to go, what to do, can kind of connect you with people. But I think the biggest sort of frustration I have with Instagram is that obviously the nature of it being that people are trying to get these kind of perfect shots means that when you're shooting in, you know, locations and you're shooting a travel story and you've got kind of a broad brief to kind of capture, these places become less and less. It's harder to find places that haven't been kind of signposted as beautiful Instagram destinations. And so you sort of are fighting alongside people who are all kind of there to get, uh, you know, the same shot. And sometimes the places which maybe 10 years ago you would have stumbled across and would be so special and be so beautiful feel a little bit compromised by the fact that there are just a lot of people there trying to get a shot for Instagram. But you know, it might not, it might not last. So who knows? Yeah, I agree. Quite right. Who knows? I have a final question, which I'd love you, love both of your opinions. What would you say is the passport to travel photography? Being able to travel, that is, I mean, I just uh, think at the moment, you know, this being, not being able to travel and not be able to do that part of our jobs is definitely really making me reflect on what, how sort of special it was. And just to be able to be called up and said, oh, you know, do you, would you like to shoot an assignment in Morocco next week? And, you know, you go, yes, I'd love that. Um, But yeah, I think it's just uh, being open to, um, the opportunities when you are traveling and shooting and sort of saying yes to people wanting to like show you somewhere really beautiful and I think just yeah like letting yourself go a bit when you're traveling I think is is the passport to travel photography 
I completely agree. I think I think I could not have said it any better back in the days when this was still possible that you would just let yourself be carried away by it and people ask you to go to a specific place or people say like hey we would love to have a story on this beautiful place but we're not sure exactly what so maybe you can find some nice people or experiences and then you go there and you just I think this is what Izzy does beautifully you just go there and you you talk to people and they they say like hey have you seen this spot or this spot can I take you there Renee, Izzy, thank you both so much for your insights, for your openness and sharing all your stories with us. Please do share some of your favorites and we can we can share them out so everyone can, can be inspired. So when we do eventually get on planes, we know where to go. But where can we follow you on social media? Please share your handles. Izzy. You can just find me at Izzy Croker. You can find me at Renee underscore Kemp's. Fantastic. Thank you both so much. I hope we get to see much more wonderful, inspirational travel, food, interior, architecture, photography that's just going to keep us dreaming. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We have some great women in our season two, and we would love you to check back in and listen to them. If you're enjoying our podcast, please do share comment, like, subscribe, or just drop us a note and let us know. Available on iTunes and Spotify. Happy listening.